typical 38. Miracle of miracles, you finish your novel based on the first short story you published, and Brett Easton Ellis agrees to read it and give you some feedback, and you can't think about him actually reading your work without getting your hopes up. The lead singer of the band In Excess, which you saw all those years ago in high school, hangs himself in a hotel room. Maybe it's an accident. Maybe it's something else. Even a scurrilous rumor about autoerotic sex gone awry. Your inability to save any money lends credence to your suspicion that you'll be run out of New York by the end of the year unless you can sell your book for some decent money. A good word from Brett Easton Ellis would help. But still, you buy what you can't afford. An airline ticket to Belgium to visit the au pair. Somewhere in all the faxing, you've become boyfriend and girlfriend. She talks about selling the house her parents made her buy as an investment when she was young and moving to New York to study poetry, which makes you nervous on a number of levels. You portray New York as a hard place to live, which it is, though you suspect it's harder for some than others. You haven't spent enough time with the au pair to know which camp she's in. You pass through customs at the airport in Brussels, flashing the passport you procured for the trip. The transatlantic love affair feels like the most romantic thing you've ever done, though you're not sure what the immediate future holds, but you also try not to think about it. The airport reunion is joyous, and you both laugh about how it's been only 12 weeks since you've seen each other, but it feels like forever. The summer in Concord, a memory. The personalities already ghosts in your memories. Even though you're exhausted on the drive to Antwerp, you're too wired to rest, hungry too. You stop at a small outbuilding just outside Antwerp, and you both point at rolled meats under fluorescent lights that are quickly dropped into a deep fat fryer. You both happily munch at the kitchen table of her one-bedroom house, drinking beer, which, she reminds you, has a higher alcohol content than American beer. You're just two lovers playing house, making plans for the next couple of days, which include meeting her parents for dinner at their house. You do a little laundry before the short trip to her parents, but stuff too many clothes into the dryer so that your nice black shirt isn't dry, not even close when it's time to leave. So you put it on wet, hoping no one will notice. Her father, a small but sturdy man, looks you in the eye as he grips your hand, pumping it casually. You've been warned that her father is stern, which immediately puts you in mind to win him over. Her mother smiles nervously as you are introduced. Her sister's less nervous than curious. You take the chair set out for you in the living room, and they gather around to ask you questions. The au pair translating back and forth, though everyone seems to understand English. Everyone sits down to Chinese food, and you tell the story about your wet shirt, and soon you are offered a warm sweatshirt, also offered glass after glass of wine, her father leaving the table and returning with another bottle more than once. You are twice the size of anyone in the room and are sure you can hold your liquor, so when you wake the next morning back at the au pair's house, it is a surprise that at some point you slumped over at the table, much to her father's amusement. 
you're assured her father likes you, and that is really all you were going for. Why do you sleep on couches, she asks, disdain in her voice. You can't find the words to express how much you love New York, how it feels like home to you. Even though you have no home to call your own, it makes no sense to her, and you get into a small skirmish when you decline her offer to move in with her. You can't imagine what you do all day, but she offers that you can write, which sounds ideal, but something instinctively tells you it's not the answer. But she feels like you've made a choice between her and something else no one can put a name to. When you part at the Brussels airport, you promise to come back in a few weeks at Christmas, hoping that you'll receive a Christmas bonus large enough to cover the trip. The actor Chris Farley is found dead in his Chicago apartment from a drug overdose. Paula Jones's lawyers subpoena a former White House intern in Jones's ongoing sexual harassment suit against the president. The director, Woody Allen, marries the adopted daughter of his former lover, the actress Mia Farrow, who played Daisy in the film version of The Great Gatsby. You've been listening to Typical of the Times, Growing Up in the Culture of Spectacle by Jamie Clark, author of the memoir, Poor Man's Gatsby. Gatsby.